but we just want to encourage you and just bless you and just refresh you in the spirit of love and the spirit of the Lord. And that's what we're speaking about in Psalms chapter 18, verse 19. It says, He also brought me out into a broad place and delivered me because He delighted in me. I love the, the uh, message translation. It says, He stood me up on a wide open field and I stood there saved. And, I, and listen to this. Surprised to be loved. Surprised to be loved. And it goes on to say in the message translation, And when I gave God all the pieces, He made me complete. And I read that and I felt the love of the Father come upon me, surprised to be loved. There's so mean people today. I've grown up with the mentality, who could love me? Who can accept me? So many husbands still ask their wives, or wives ask their husbands, how can you love me? Why have you stayed with me all of these years? So many people, regardless of their past, say, I stand here in a wide open space, saved, delivered, all these promises, all the blessings of God. How can you love me? And you know, so many times as a pastor, what breaks my heart is so many times there'll be people and they, they'll come here for quite a while. And I go to hug them, and they pull away, and they just go like that, and they walk away. And I go after them, and they almost run away. Or I go to shake their hand, and they'll shake my hand but walk away. Say, wait, wait, brother, how you doing? And I hope I don't smell. I hope I don't scare nobody off. I don't know what it is, but some people don't know how to take a touch. Some people don't know how to take a hug. And it's like, you know, this is word of grace. This is not a place of judgment. This is not a place of condemnation. But sometimes because of the past and because of what people have gone through, they stand there. And it's like David said, I'm surprised I'm loved. I'm surprised I'm accepted. And a lot of times people feel rejected because you know what this world says? You've got to mount up before I accept you. You've got to be somebody before I accept you. And we grow up with that mentality. We're raised sometimes at home, sometimes through other people. You have to be somebody before I accept you. You might have went and asked a girl you fell in love with, Dad, can I marry your daughter? And he says, you're going to have to show me uh, that you're worth marrying before I give you my blessing. In other words, you've got to, seek, you've got to win my approval. And so many times we bring that into our Christian life. And like David was saying, I'm surprised that you love me. But the thing about God and His sovereign love, His agape love, His unconditional love, is that you don't have to be somebody for me to love you. My love is to make you somebody. My love is to make you somebody. When you, your life may be in pieces, and it says there in Psalms 18, when you bring God the pieces, He puts it all there complete. And He stood there in a wide open space. I'm surprised I'm even loved, and it reminded me, maybe you've been to the high place there in New Orleans. It's the place there on the river where they used to bring the slaves and take them right off the boat and sell them. And we've gone and poured oil there and had communion there in the high place in New Orleans with a group of intercessors and prayed. And, and there was a story about this Englishman who came from England to strike it rich in the gold mines, and he did in California. And he came back and he was taking his ship back to England from New Orleans, and he went to the high place he wanted to sightsee before he took off. And they were selling off the slaves that they were bringing in. And they brought this young lady up and they would 
totally take their clothes off and sell them. And he overheard some plantation owners talking and discuss what they were going to do with this young lady. And he couldn't take it anymore. And all of a sudden, he bid at a price twice what the others had bidded for her. And nobody could believe he'd pay that much for one slave. And he went and he walked up to her. She just looked at him and says, I hate you. And he grabbed her by the hand and brought her across the muddy street into an office and walked in there and he walked up to the desk and pretty soon him and the man behind the desk started arguing, started fighting and he says, you can't do that. And the man says, oh yes I can. And they continued to argue until finally the man took a certificate and he stamped it and he said, okay well then take it. And he walked up to her and she'd been collecting her saliva and when he walked up to her she spit in his face and says, I hate you. And he handed her the certificate and said, you're free. She says, I hate you. He says, you don't understand. I just purchased you and I just set you free. And she says, you mean you paid all of that price just to set me free? And he says, yes, you're not a slave anymore. You're totally free. And they said she fell at his feet and just started weeping and said, I don't want to leave you. I want to stay with you for the rest of my life. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And so many people feel like religion is chains, rules. But you see, this is the thing about love. Love is the only power that keeps you from quitting. I love my God, therefore I love His commandments, therefore I can't quit because love won't let me quit. Love won't let me quit. And you see, a lot of people have a conception and a lot of people say, you know, I've heard so many messages on love. I know God loves me. It doesn't surprise me God loved me because he sent his son and now you've saved me. He lives within me. But still, a lot of people deep inside, it's not about knowing that God loves you. It's about knowing God who is love. When I come to know this God who is love and I have a conception, not of God, but not only of God, but of his love. I start falling deeper and deeper in love with this God. And by falling in love with Him, that's why I won't quit. We have this new family. I introduced you to the Vanderveers. Married 61 years. And we were talking about a couple hours uh, Tuesday over while we just talked and had a good time. And you know, there was times when the eros, when the phileo, when the normal love doesn't last through the fights. You know, when you start off, it's all, mm, oh, baby, I love you. Everybody's getting ready for Valentine's Day and they're getting the flowers ready. But you know, last week you were ready to give her a cactus. <laughs> and you know, there's just some times where, you know, I just don't know how I'm going to put up with this man or put up with this woman. And sometimes that arrow's love runs out, but that's why we have the love of God, which is the agape, that helps us to continue going forward. Because you cannot make it on your own. We've been married going on 27 years since June. And we, I've told you before, we've had our, we, are very, we are two cholerics. We are two very controlling people. But we've made it going on 27 years, and we're going to make it to 60-something, 70 years, if she behaves. <laughs> Why? Because we're not dependent on the Eros love. We're dependent on the agape love. And I want you to write that down. Love won't let you quit. Love won't let you quit. You know, next, next Monday, a week from today, would have been my mother's birthday. She passed away in 84. 
And, and you know, the thing about it is, is that you read about mothers, and, I, and I've read some stories about mothers, about there is a love of a mother that just won't let their child go. Read about a mother who prayed for her son for 60 years. And she died and he still hadn't converted. Listen, parents. She prayed 60 years and he still hadn't converted. He went to college, got into alcohol, got into stuff, and the mother just kept on praying. Well, all of a sudden, you know, she passed away. He became a doctor. He was had his profession. And he had a patient who was terminally ill, was about ready to die. And every day he would ask the doctor, Doctor, would you please hand me my book? And the doctor would reach over and grab the book, didn't pay attention to what it was, and gave it to him. One day, the man finally did die, and the doctor said, you know, I'm interested to see what that book is that he read every day. When he picked it up, it was a Bible. But what was interesting is that when he opened it up, it was signed from his mother because he, when he was in college, he sold the Bible that his mother gave him to a pawn shop so he could buy some whiskey. And this man who had died had the Bible that his mother had signed and gave him and had underlined the scriptures she had prayed for her son. And when he opened the Bible and he saw that, he fell on his knees and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and his Savior. Because a mother wouldn't give up. How many of the song Amazing Grace, John Newton? Well, you know, John Newton ran away as a teenager to become a, a slave driver and, and a sailor. But he was going across the seas, but see, his mama was praying for him. Love won't let you quit. And his mother kept praying and kept praying. And on those ships one day, he could hear the slaves singing and he fell on his knees and he accepted Jesus as his Lord and his Savior. And then he got home and he won this uh, guy to the Lord. And this guy won another guy to the Lord. And all of them became hymn writers and preachers. And the last guy that was one to the Lord wrote, There is a fountain filled with blood flowing from Emmanuel's vein. Why? All those songs that we sing is still up to this day because a mama wouldn't quit praying. There's story after story that a mama just has a love that I'm not going to let up on my child. You know, many times a husband or a dad will go, I'm kicking that kid out. That kid's 18. He's out of here. He don't live by the rules. He's out of here. And the mama will go, oh, baby, come on. And she'll start trying to stop him from kicking the boy out. Why? That love don't quit. Now, if the love of a mother is that strong, the love of a father is 10 million times stronger. The love of the Heavenly Father because he says, I'm not only going to prove that, I, I, I'm not only going to tell you that I love you, I'm going to prove to you that I love you by sending my only begotten son to die on the cross and to love you. Love doesn't quit. You may be here right now. And the Holy Spirit may already, right now, the beginning of the service, he may already be dealing with you. I want to come back to the Lord. I want to give my life to the Lord. I'm one of those that I know that somebody's been praying for me. Somebody's been lifting me up. And I just want to just rededicate my life to the Lord. I'm not going to have you come up here. Just raise your hand if that's you. Right now you say, I just want to surrender to God right now. I don't want to wait another minute. Anybody at all? God bless you. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. Anyone else right now? The Holy Spirit's already dealing with you. God bless you. Just as I am. God bless you, sir. I met you just a while ago. Anyone else? You're here right now. I want to surrender right now to the goodness of the Lord because He will not quit loving you. Let me give you some more scriptures. But that mother's love. You know, there was a story about a pastor in China. Our sister Terry here goes to China. This pastor in China, he was a very rebellious kid. 
And one day he was real bad and his mother grabbed him. Your mama used to grab you and get the paddle, get the switch. Well, the mama grabbed him and got the switch and he broke away and started mocking her and running around saying, you can't catch me. You can't catch me. And the mama just stood there looking at him as he was running around mocking her. And finally, she just started beating her own arm with the branch. And he started crying, Mama, what are you hitting yourself for? She says, because of how bad of a mother I am. I can't control my child. And he came and he hugged her. She never had to whip him again. And he became a pastor in mainland China. Love won't quit. I love where it says in Second Song of Solomon, I'm sorry, one five. it says, I'm dark, I'm burnt by the sun, but I am lovely. In other words, he was saying, I don't understand it. This young lady was talking, I work in the sun, I'm abused by my brothers, by my family, I'm having to do the work of a man. There's nothing to admire, but he says, he loves me. He goes on to say in Song of Solomon 6.3, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. Song of Solomon 8.5, who is this coming up? And coming up speaks of victory from the wilderness, testing. The wilderness speaks of testing in our lives. Leaning upon her beloved. The love of God is what empowers you not to quit when you're going through the trials and the testing. So many people say, you know, how can I go on? How can I go on to where I won't quit? Uh, I, I, I won't quit when it's going hard. And it's because of falling in love with him. He goes on to say in verse 6, set me, Jesus is saying this, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arms. For the love, God's love in you is as strong as death. Or in other words, you cannot, listen, how many of you know it's appointed unto all men to die? We are all going to die if Jesus doesn't come first. And just like death is going to pursue all of us, his love pursues and there's no stopping. And that's what he's saying here, that the love of God is as strong as death and as jealous and cruel demanding as the grave. It's flames or the flames of fire. And verse 7 says, many waters, persecutions, pressures, storms cannot quench the love. In other words, the waters that come against the foundation you built on cannot crumble because your foundation is a foundation of love. He loved me, therefore I love him. Love cannot quench that. God is saying what you're doing right now, whatever you may be doing in your life, he may not be pleased and sin will break the blessings, but it won't break his love for you. Many waters cannot quench the love of God towards you, and it cannot quench when you fall in love with God. It cannot quench your love for Him. The drought of the wilderness cannot quench His love. The drought of testings and trials and whatever you're going through will not quench His love. Look with me in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Aren't you thankful for his love today? Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people. With an everlasting love. Somebody say that, everlasting love. Everlasting love. And it says in verse, it goes on to say, with unfailing love. Say that with me, unfailing love. I have drawn you to myself. Amen. An everlasting love. You know what's in that word? TLC. Tender loving care. Sister Jenny, is it true that some patients in the hospital... 
Uh, they'll put TLC on some of the boards when it's not just medicine they need, but sometimes they may some, need some tender loving care. And, and that's what that word everlasting, unfailing love is. Some tender loving. She says, I am a God of tender loving care. I looked up, how many of you have seen that commercial of them dogs? And that some girls sing this sad song and they show these dogs and you just want to cry looking at them dogs for adoption. Have you seen that commercial? Well, I looked up a dog. I said, I want to see what type of dogs they got on there. So I looked up to adopt a dog because I'm not ready yet to adopt a kid because I'm still raising three. So I thought, well, let's check these dogs out. And, you know, there's over 300,000 animals for adoption in Louisiana. They're from Katrina. Their owner is going in a nursing home and can't have that kid. I mean, have that dog. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, uh, you, you look on there, and some of, the, some of those dogs, they show their pictures. Some of those dogs have one eye. Some of the dogs have one ear. Some of them dogs have three legs. And they'll show on the side of the dog or the cat, they'll show not kid-friendly. Big old X on a kid's face, you know. It's not kid-friendly. These things are wild. But all these animals are for adoption. But it's amazing. When you look over these thousands of animals for adoption, how many of them will say, just needs a little bit of TLC. It's had its shots, been neutered, everything else. Now it just needs TLC, tender, loving care. Well, you know what? That's what God says He's willing to do to you. When He says, I love you with an everlasting love, in other words, you are my special one. And do you know what it means in the Hebrew? I love you like there's no one else that I need to share my love with. Just pull your shoulders up and say, I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm blessed. And you see, you get in that relationship with God. You saw a few weeks ago I taught something and my wife got up and she just started bragging on me in front of everybody. And I didn't even think about it. Y'all were here? Everybody said, my shoulders, I didn't even, my mind didn't do it. My shoulders went back. And man, I felt like Pepe Le Pew right there. I just thought, whoa. I, in fact, I dismissed everybody. I said, come on, we all need to go home. I mean, I felt like Superman. Just a few words. Well, do you know, I get that from my father all the time. I have served him since 1969. And do you know, he has spoken me through his word, through his ministers, through his voice, through his spirit. He has spoken to me so many ways. And there's just been a love relationship grow. And, and though there's been trials and tribulations and he has not answered all of my prayers and not everything has gone my way, thank God it's gone his way. Nothing can quench that love. Therefore, I cannot quit. I am not in this for what He can give me. He's already given me the best that heaven had. The tender, loving care of God. So many times we say, you know, I, I, I didn't get love when I was a child, but now He wants to give you that love you didn't get. I'm married in a relationship and my husband doesn't give me what I want. My wife doesn't give me what I want. He's got more to give you than any man or any woman. Amen. Listen to, the, listen to these scriptures. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the substitute for our sins. He bowed the heavens also. Psalms 18.9 says, He bowed the heavens also and came down. Verse 16 says, He set from above. He took me and drew me out of many waters. That word waters there means tragedies, dangers, the point of drowning. How many have ever been to the point of drowning? He took me out of these tragedies. Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave you or forsake you. 
Isaiah 54, verse 10, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my loving kindness shall not depart from you, neither shall my covenant of peace be removed, saith the Lord who hath mercy on you. As the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards them that fear Him. Psalms 103, 11. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. He keepeth all of His bones, and not one is broke. Psalms 34, 19 and 20. Isaiah 43, 2 and 4. It says, when you pass through the waters, troubles, trials, tragedies, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they won't overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord, you are precious in my sight, and I love you. Amen? You are precious in my sight, and I love you. Don't accept the enemy telling you that you are not loved and you're not capable. He loves you! He said He did. Romans 5, 8 says, God commanded His love toward us while we were yet sinners. No good, not worth it. Christ died for us. John 15, 13, Great love that no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And I love Romans 8, 35 through 39 that says, What can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation... Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or death, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Aren't you glad and thankful that He loves you? Amen. He loves you and He accepts you. Hallelujah. I want you to go with me First 1 Corinthians 13. And let me just give you one point today I wanted to give you. I know you're saying, man, you've already given us. I'm dizzy. But let me get to this point here. 1 Corinthians 13.4 You know, how can we love our neighbor unless we love ourselves? And how can we love ourselves unless we know that God loves us? How can we love our children with the love of God? How can we love our mates with the love of God? He wants to reveal this love to us so that we can go to a new level of and know that we loved. You know, the hardest thing in the world is when we were in, working with the Mayans, we went through these jungles to this hut way up in the mountains with our interpreter. And it took about two hours to get to this little hut. And he hunted armadillos for life. And uh, he, he showed me he had worms all up his arm that went under his skin by digging in the ground to try to pull them armadillos out to sell. That's what he did for a living. And we went up to his hut, and it was just a little hut up in the jungles. And he looked at me as I was telling him about Jesus, and he said, Why would you leave your country and come to this poor, ignorant Indian? He said, I can't even afford the $5 a year to pay for my property. He says, Look at my arms. He says, Why would you come and preach to us? Why would you leave America and come tell us about this Jesus? And I said, because once you accept Jesus in your heart, it's worth more than any of the gold, any of the silver, any of the jewels of all the nations combined. He loves you. Even in your weaknesses, even in your failures. And that's one thing I want to show you here with this one point before we close today. And I want you to get this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Because you might have received it as a kid. You know what's so sad? You know what I found in the foreign land and I have found a little bit here in America? When it's hard for somebody to look you in the eyes. And I'll tell them, especially in counseling or ministry to them, I'll say, look me in the eyes. And they'll look and they'll look down. No, my sister. 
No, my brother. You look me in the eyes. Don't you dare say you're unworthy. Don't you dare say, I can't look in your eyes because of what I am and now what you know about me. You know what? Your story doesn't change the love of God. Therefore, your story doesn't change my love either. Your story does not change your future. Your future is good and His plans are great. But He wants to reveal to us His love. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, verse 1, Love suffers long. Say that with me. Love suffers wrong. That's, that's the only point I'll give you today. Love is patient. Say that with me. Patient. patient. How many is crying out for patience? But listen, there's something very interesting about that word, long-suffering. I'm going to give you a few things here today. But I want you to write this down because this is so important. The word long-suffering means to allow someone... Write this down or get the tape later. The word long-suffering means to allow someone to be human. To allow someone to be their selves. You know how many people feel, oh, I'll love you if you'll change in this area. I'll love you if, 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 if you'll be like this person. Or you need to be more like your dad. Or you need to be more like your mom. Or why can't you be more like this one? No, no, no. The word long-suffering, the first one, and I believe God put it there as the first one. Love is long-suffering. In other words, you can show me your human side and I will still love you and accept you. He, he, he's worked with me. These guys, some of these know me for a long time. We work together every day. They see my human side all the time. Now, man, that does not mean you can burp at the table. Pastor said, you need to accept my human side. No, I ain't talking about that. It means it's okay for you to be who you are and even mess up like you do sometimes. It's okay not to expect somebody to be perfect. That's what the word long-suffering means. I can't expect you to be perfect overnight. You've been going through this for too long and there's some things Holy Spirit's getting to and and grabbing a hold of and, and things that God is bringing to your mind and your memory. It's okay to be human. I went to bed last night. My wife, we went to bed. Everybody went to bed. And uh, I laid there. I was meditating. And the Holy Spirit showed me something. My boys, I, I got up, went and bought some uh, f- uh, nozzles. nozzles for the water hose for them to wash the cars. And uh, I, I bought these nice ones. I said, boy, they're going to be able to wash the car good with these nozzles. And they said, they called from outside and they had threw it down and it broke. And I fussed. I said, I just went and bought these real nice nozzles and you're going to break it. I fussed too bad, but I fussed a little bit. I said, you know, those things cost 13 bucks. <laughs> so I was laying down there at night and all of a sudden a movie came in my mind of me washing the car and just throwing the hose down when I grabbed how I washed the car. I don't gently put it down and I washed the car, throw the hose down, grab the rag, and that's all they did. They hit the cement or something, and it broke. So I went up to my 13-year-old who had broke it, and I went up to him, and I said, he, he says, Daddy, I said, baby, I said, because we got out of bed, I said, baby, i got to come apologize. He said, what for? He says, baby, I fussed you for breaking that hose. And I said, you know, that was just a normal accident. You know what? If, 
just the smile on his face will stay with me for the rest of his life instead of my attacking him. Stay with him for the rest of his life. Huh? What I did yesterday could have stayed with him the rest of his life, but one little act of, baby, will you forgive daddy for fussing you and seeing his smile changed his memory of yesterday for the rest of his life. Now, I'm not bragging on me because I had just said, I'm daddy, you're going to be eight. But the Holy Ghost put a movie in my head and I went to my boy. Why? It's to allow them to be humble. Dear Abby wrote a long prayer. I've got it up there. I won't read to you. It's a real long prayer. And this mom was praying, help me to remember to let my children to be children and the patience to let them be children. We need to pray that. Help me love my husband even though... (laughs) Help me to love my wife even though... Long-suffering. The human side. Because guess what? We are human and we can't forget that. You know, a lot of our problems, we had a, we had a, we've had many shifts in our marriage. But a lot of our problems quit when she quit having me up here as the perfect man. She will tell you that. She's told me that. She said, I expected this of you because... I just thought you were just this and this and this. And then she married me. And after a while, she starts seeing all kind of stuff. <laughs> and when she finally accepted, okay, so you're not up here. You're here. <laughs> we quit fighting because I didn't have to mount up. I could be human. I'm Russell Cobb. That's what you get when you come to this church. Many of people try to force me to become and mold me into somebody else's image. You can't work with this. Only God can. I'm a mess. I'm Kanai. But you see my heart and you come and you hear the word and you know I love God. But but you accept my human side when I say Winnington instead of Weeders. When I say a bunch of words that I can't repeat, but it is on CD. When I make all kind of mistakes, but that's who I am. And you love me and I love you. This church is not where we come to hear or see perfection. It's where we come to see and adore God and accept one another and be long suffering with one another. Amen. We've heard, we've heard a gospel where everybody, they're all so perfect. No, I've been with some of them on TV. They're human. That's all I'll say. (laughs) To practice patience with others' weaknesses. Not to be hasty or angry. To punish. To give them room for making mistakes and you willing to bail them out. Long-suffering. Listen to what Romans 15.1 says. We who are strong ought to bear the failures of the weak and not please ourselves. That's the NIV. We ought to bear the failures of the weak and not please ourselves. Most of the things that work against the fruit of the Spirit always ends up being selfishness. Well, I think you ought to be like this. I think you ought to be more like that. No, 
Long-suffering means I love you like you are, and I'm going to pray for you, and I know God is going to fix what He needs to fix because only He can. I'm not going to accept you, accept you to be like this. I expect you to be who you are, and I believe God is capable of changing you into who you are. And I'm not your motor. He's the motor, and you're just the clay. Amen? Lack of patience is selfishness. Because a lot of times when I'm not patient, or I, I want it now, I want it now. I want them to change now. But it means to, be, to listen and to be slow in judging. Proverbs 14.29 says, People with understanding control their anger. And a hot temper shows great foolishness. Proverbs 15, 18, the message says, Hot temper start a fight. How many of you know that's true? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> a calm, cool spirit keeps the peace. Now listen to this. Everybody likes to hear these motivating speeches. You know what's motivation? Us practicing patience and long-suffering. When I'm patient with someone, I'm motivating them. Keep going. I love you. I'm listening. I'm not judging. I'm expecting. I know you're going to make it. Now listen to a few of these things. Be patient with the faults of others. They may have to be patient with yours. Patience is often bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Hmm. Nothing worthwhile ever happens in a hurry, so be patient. Patient is the ability to remain silent and hungry while everyone else in the restaurant is being served. <laughs> it's quiet. The true measure of a man is, its, of, is the height of his ideas, the breadth of his sympathy, the depth of his convictions, and the length of his patience. Patience is the ability to count down before blasting off. <laughs> Blast off! Who was that? That was perfect. <laughs> Patience strengthens the spirit, sweetens the temper, strifles anger, subdues pride, and bridles the tongue. True patience means waiting without worrying. Be patient. You get the chicken by hatching the egg, not by smashing it. Amen? Patience is a quality that is most needed when, it, when it's exhausted. And, and I'll, I'll be reading this one next year. This is good. Next, yeah, next year. <laughs> next Sunday. Be long-suffering. Because you never know, the people you're patient with may end up being called to jury duty when you're on trial. <laughs> and can I tell a human side of me? A few years ago, I, had a, I was invited to put the mayor in and speak a speech and pray with the other ministers and put them into office as the mayor. So my wife and I, we're on our way to put the mayor into office. And we get there and we get caught behind this car that just don't want to go. And we get caught at the light and the light turns, the arrow turns green and the person doesn't go and doesn't go and doesn't go. So I honk the horn. The person goes. I go behind the person. We're driving down Main Street. The person turns into the community center, and I go, oh, no. 
I've just honked at this person who's coming to the mayor's inauguration. Well, we pull in there. Oh, no, 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 that, no, that's not it. We go in the back room where all the city councilors and everybody is, and I'm introduced to the city councilman and his wife, which so happens to the people who were in the car that I was honking at. And they said, this is Reverend Cobb from Word of Grace. And I bet he was thinking, oh, I know who he is. He's the horn honker. They ain't got no patience. And rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Now, do you still love me even though I honked my horn? Now, have I honked my horn since? I don't honk my horn no more. Because you may be shaking hands with the person you just honked at. Huh? Woo! But long-suffering, let, let, me, let me close this down. Long-suffering. For example, let me give you an example. You ever greet someone? You ever talk to someone? And they act real rude to you. And you go off and you wonder, I wonder why they did that. I wonder who they think they are. Why didn't they tell me hello? Why did they treat me that way? That's how the mind wants to start working. But long-suffering accepts the human side and say, they must be going through a rough time. Long-suffering, write this down, gives the benefit of the doubt. Gives the benefit of the doubt. No, he's not, she's not speaking to me. He's not talking to me. Love gives the benefit of the doubt and also Ephesians 4.2 says, Be completely humble and be gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. In other words, I can respond positive to a negative situation. Patience brings an eternal peace in the midst of the storm. Love is the food for patience. So I wanted to give you that first point today. Let's go ahead and stand up. Did you get something out of this today? Amen. Amen.